The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Shut up! Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we are back. We are all back, back together. All three of us are here. We are happy to be here and we are ready to do another episode of Garthology. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. So happy to be here. So as you all know, we took a little bit of a break from looking at the Chris Gaines songs, but now we're back to complete the album review. In today's episode, we will finish that review by discussing songs 12 and 13 on Garth Brooks in the Life of Chris Gaines. So a quick refresher for those who may not remember who Chris Gaines is, which I'm sure is none of you, but I'll give it to you anyways. The character of Chris Gaines was created by Garth Brooks, and this supposed Greatest Hits album was released as a segue into filming a movie about the life of a fictitious rock star named Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines was an intriguing and unique venture in Garth's career. As Chris Gaines, Garth delved into a different musical style, exploring rock and pop influences. The album showcased a departure from his traditional country sound, featuring a more contemporary and polished production. Songs like Lost in You and It Don't Matter to the Sun, which we reviewed in previous episodes, demonstrated his versatility as an artist and his ability to adapt to different genres. Now let's continue our review of Chris Gaines' greatest hits by looking at the last two songs on the album to see if they also demonstrate more of Garth's versatility. Pete, what do you have for song number 12? Yep, I get song 12 off the album, Maybe. Maybe it's for the best I can live alone, I guess Maybe I could stand alone Maybe I'm strong as stone Even though the bird has flown Maybe she'll fly Maybe is a really cool song. The intro of the piano and the instruments that are heard before Chris comes on, they are in a smooth, smooth style intro to a what I ended up finding out was a very sad song. The sound of Chris's voice in this song, it, it's high pitched, but really smooth at the same time. I thought it was, you know, I don't know what those levels are, but to me, it just seemed like it was a, a much higher pitch. So I could not gather the exact meaning of the song by just listening to it. But after I read the liner notes from the album, the song makes perfect sense now. It it was described in the liner notes so perfectly to the lyrics in the song. It was very easy for me to understand. Obviously, going back to it, you know, Chris had a buddy named Tommy who was a huge Beatles fan. Chris says that maybe the biggest Beatles fan that he ever had met. Tommy, unfortunately, was in a plane crash in the northern New Mexico mountains. And Chris says that he would go to those mountains and listen to Tommy through the trees. 
Chris said that he determined that his music died that day with Tommy, which I was like, oh, that like breaks your heart. Like you don't ever want that to happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was just like, woof. And then he also mentions that like in the fall of 1987, he went to the mountains like he always had. And this time it was just different. There was peace that it didn't seem like he needed to to leave Tommy. He had been with Chris or, you know, been been in his life or been in his music the entire time. More now after his passing, it seemed that his friend Tommy was with him going forward. Like he was more a part of his life at that point. He does mention in it that uh, the song maybe has a deliberate Beatles sound to it for Tommy, but he realized that it was more for himself than it was for Tommy because of how much Tommy was a Beatles fan. So maybe having that in his music and listening to it that way really helped him understand it. So after reading it, I thought to myself, man, that's a powerful song with a lot of real, real good lyrics. So I'm glad that I had those liner notes because I really, I listened to it three, four times, you know, driving around in the car and listening to it before I got home and had the liner notes and I was lost. But then after I read it, I was like, wow. What a story. Like, that was really cool. Jess, what do you think about this one? I love this song. It is a couple of the things that I had written in my notes that you touched on were definitely the Beatles feeling. I definitely hear that. And that Garth does the higher register as Chris. And I enjoy that. I don't know that everybody would or it's everybody's cup of tea. But on this song, I like it. This is the longest song on the album. It's five minutes and 11 seconds, and it has a couple of good music breaks. I, I didn't write down all the times of all the other songs. It's close. It's, it is the longest, but there was one that was also like five minutes and something seconds. So it's, it's just by a few seconds, the longest one on the album. Um, it was written by Gordon Kennedy and Phil Madeira, who I don't think we've talked about Phil Madeira before. I don't recognize the name, but I know we've talked about Gordon Kennedy a a million times and rightly so I can see how somebody might not love this song but to me it's a beloved part of the album and it fits its place on the album and I would miss it if it wasn't there because we've talked about how much I love this as a whole and how much I love every song on the album so for me I kind of it's one of those like I know what's coming next from the song that comes on I'm immediately going into starting to sing the next song And so it just has its place. And I, for me, it flows right into it. And I would definitely miss this spot. I had forgotten before doing research about, um, because I read the liner notes, you know, a million years ago, but I don't go back and read them regularly. So I had forgotten the meaning of the song and what um, Chris had written it for so far as the story of the lamb goes. (laughs) But definitely, even without that, I think you can get the Beatles feel because it has musically I think but even lyrically and even the way he sings it um, melodically I guess all of it you can hear that Beatles sound which I enjoy and then I think my favorite part on this song is I love the lick on the line that says even though the bird has flown Um, it's at about the three minute mark and the music there's a guitar break right after that and if you listen for that that's my favorite moment musically in this song what about you Deb what'd you pick out about this one Well, like you guys, I read the liner notes too. And I like the idea that this was the song that kind of broke through Chris Gaines, the character, his writer's block, that talking to Tommy in the mountains kind of helped him break through that writer's block and get this song out. And so I like the idea of that. 
And this is another song on the album that I don't hear Garth at all when I hear this. And it's probably because of the higher register. To me, this is all Chris Gaines, not Garth at all. Um, so those that's kind of what stuck out for me was the idea that this helped that character through something he needed to get through, that it's not Garth, it's definitely Chris. I really like the musical break that's about halfway through the song. So that's probably similar to like what you were touching on, Jess. Mm -hmm. And I think it's got really simple lyrics, but they definitely get the story across for me, knowing the backstory. So I agree, like with Pete, he struggled with it, but then he read the liner notes. And I think those liner notes associated with these lyrics bring it across. And you're like, oh. Exactly. You kind of go, oh, now I get it. And you can kind of see how Mm -hmm. in real life, breaking through this writer's block of losing somebody, this kind of a song would kind of help you through that. So overall, I enjoy this song. Although like Jess mentioned, it is kind of one that it's not my favorite on the album. And I just could see people like you mentioned, just kind of going past it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of is a segue into the next one. (laughs) So it's good. But and I will say as an added little note that has nothing to do with the Chris Gaines other than you mentioned him. I recently saw Garth in Las Vegas at his Garth plus one, but I'm not going to review it yet. We'll do that later. We'll do that later when all three of us have seen it. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. um, But I just wanted to mention Gordon Kennedy was there the night that I saw Garth. Very cool. And Garth had him sing a song. Like all by himself, Garth just went to the back and Gordon stepped up and played and sang a song that he had written that was a Grammy winning song, which is gone right out of my head. Uh, I've seen him do that before. And I love that when he gives the songwriters a chance to just get his audience, like get the love that he gets all the time. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And it was super cool. And so I yelled and screamed for Gordon Kennedy because we talk about him all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I can't wait for the three of us to go see him. So, all right. Well, that does it for song 12, maybe. Jess, what do you got for us next? I have the final song on the Chris Gaines album, which is My Love Tells Me So. That should be This song is four minutes and 33 seconds and was written by Gordon Kennedy, Wayne Kirkpatrick, and Tommy Sims. It was supposed to be kind of a throwback because it was, if you read the liner notes, the first big hit by Crush, which was the early band that Chris Gaines was a part of. It reminds me of, and Pete, you're going to have never seen this. And because you never follow assignments that we give you, you're never going to see it. Hey. Deb, it reminds me of the original 80s, in air quotes, music from the movie Music and Lyrics. Like oh, the original, yes. like, Pop Goes My Heart and like the mu- the music that was made for that movie. It reminds that, me uh, of that. Hugh Grant and Drew yes. Barrymore. Yes. So... So for all you guys out there that have not seen this movie and any girls that haven't seen it either, um, it was 
about an 80s pop star. So there was a lot of like original 80s music that was um, supposed to have been a hit back in the day. And this reminds me of that, that kind of music, but it is just very 80s. It could have been any 80s pop song. It has kind of a Hall and Oates feel if you um, are familiar with, with actual 80s music. It's just feel good. It's an oldie type of song. And I feel like you can't help but be in a good mood when this song is playing. It's one that I can always put on and it just puts me in a good mood, makes me smile. The music instruments are also very 80s. There was some some very specific choices, I think, going on whenever they were putting this one together. I could definitely imagine this as background music from any, like a great 80s comedy, like any of those old, like Three Men and a Baby and uh, Short Circuit, things like that. Like just yeah. any of those type of movies it could have blended right in and been part of the soundtrack for. But I don't, it's not probably one of my favorite ones on the album. We, we've covered, obviously, this being the last song, we've covered all the others. And so you know the ones that I've gushed about and been like, this is probably my favorite, but maybe only <laughs> second to this one. But um, but I still enjoy this one every time. And I think it was a smart end to the album to go back to the beginning for Chris and do like his OG song last on the album. But also, I think it was a smart move for Garth, just in general, selling an album that anyone's going to listen to because it ends it on an upbeat, happy note. And for me, it always makes me want to go back because I told you I'm always ready to listen to the next song. And so to me, it just rounds out back to the beginning. I just get ready for the album to start over again. So I'm ready to play song one after this one. But what do you think about this one, Deb? Okay. So now I feel stupid Why? because <laughs> so one of my first thoughts was, why in the world did Garth end this album with this song? But now <laughs> what you've said just makes total and complete sense. He ended it with what Chris Gaines's career started with. Yeah. It may, I feel so wow. stupid. I'm like, that is genius. It's the OG. Right. Well, I mean, that's me totally getting in Garth's head. Who knows what they were thinking? Right. But that's what makes sense to me, though. It absolutely makes sense to me. I just, because I know how Garth feels about the last song on yes. every album. I get what you're saying though. Yeah. I was digging, digging, digging into this song going, why, why this one? But now I'm like, how did I not turn that corner? <laughs> yes. But it is usually like the more emotional or the more heavy or like, you know, meaningful song you expect to be that end song. But, you know, I think maybe the story behind this one is the bigger part than exactly. the song itself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's why there's three of us. Exactly. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. How does. many Garth fans does it take to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That should be our new catch line. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I agree with you. It's definitely 80s sound for sure. Made me think, oh, you know, yeah, because it's the beginning of Chris's career and that would have been early 80s, maybe mm -hmm. mid 80s. And so it made sense in that. I, I get it. I The thing I thought was the funniest is, like you guys mentioned in the liner notes for the last song for Maybe, Chris says that that's like, you know, it reminds him of the Beatles. For mm -hmm. me, this song reminded me more of the Beatles, which I don't know why. It was something in it just the Beatles or the Carpenters, there was something in there that I was kind of, I don't know, buried in my psyche somewhere that <laughs> I was thinking was more Beatles than the last one. So I thought it was funny that for me, it was this one versus that one. Yeah. So I do like it. I like the kind of jazzy up-tempo music. 
the lyrics and the music together are both really catchy. So they kind of had me going. I really like the kind of spoken word bridge. I think it's a nice addition, makes the song just a little bit different than anything else. It In this album, in Garth albums in general, I find it different. So I like that because it's interesting to me. So overall, I like the song probably a little better than I like maybe. Again, I was just stuck on why is this the last one? But now I feel better about that too. (laughs) So that's kind of my thing. I I do like this one. I like the jazzy kind of up-tempo, but I just was thrown by, oh, I can't place it. But now I totally place it. So I feel better in the world today. (laughs) (laughs) All's right with the world now. Yes, it is. My Garth world was a little off. The equilibrium was a little torn, but now I'm good. I'm smooth. Smooth. All right. (laughs) Pete, what did you think of it? Yeah, my thoughts on this one, like, I really, really enjoyed the intro to the song. And I wasn't sure why that kept grabbing my ear. And then I listened to it. I love the old school, like, that classic rock or 80s rock or 80s music or whatever. I, I like that feel to it. And there was something about the song, not the lyrics, but the sound of the song that did remind me of, like, something you would hear like on Tom Petty radio, like on Pandora or something. It's like one of those random songs that would pop up, made me think about that. So I enjoyed that part of it. And I got lost in the, the sound of the song, I guess more than, than the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Then when I was like reading uh, the liner notes, it's crazy to me how much of the demo version of the song was going to be changed. um, What they were writing about in there, but then ended up staying the same. And, you know, he just, you know, kind of talked through the middle of it as a joke and then ended up staying in there, which I thought was real cool. I did like the song, but the instruments for this one really, really made it. The sound of the song really made me thoroughly enjoy it. And I didn't think about it being placed as the last song on the album like we've discussed on the Garth Brooks uh, albums, because I, I don't know, I guess I just didn't put it there on the Chris Gaines, but. Now hearing Jess say that, it makes perfect sense. Like if you go back to the early songs that we listened to, it and like that crush reference was like spot on. Like that was that was a good pull there. So yeah, I, I thought I, I enjoyed the song, but I really, really enjoyed the sound of the song on this one. You guys, that's our last Chris Gaines song. We covered the Chris Gaines album. We did it. We and you were waiting done. for so long. Oh my goodness, we talked about this forever. Yes, we did. And now we're done. I'm a little bit sad to see it go. I have to tell you, yeah, I was not because I just didn't know this album. And now I have such an appreciation for it. It's going to be on your summer playlist now. Yes. Well, listen, there could... We, we could be discussing more Chris Gaines stuff later on down the road. We still got This time. is true. Hey, hey, I would even take some just like, you know, this was going to get used and it didn't get used, but now we're going to release it. I mean, if they wanted to drop some stuff like that, I would be fine with that. You would be all over Just saying. It. Just saying. <laughs> all right, everyone. That's it for this episode. And we have now completed the album Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines. Looking back over the Chris Gaines endeavor as a whole has been truly inspiring from an artistic standpoint. The concept of a fictional character and a parallel music career was a bold move for an established country star like Garth Brooks. While the project generated curiosity and interest, it was met with mixed reactions from both fans and critics at the time. Some embraced the change and appreciated the experiment, while others found it confusing. 
But looking back on it, I think many would find this album to be one of Garth's most accomplished albums to date. From a musical standpoint, Garth's vocal performance as Chris Gaines was pretty impressive. He showcased his range and delivered powerful performances on the album. The songwriting was really strong with emotionally charged lyrics and catchy melodies. Overall, I think the Chris Gaines project was ambitious and daring. While it may not have achieved the same level of success as his traditional country music, it definitely demonstrated his willingness to take creative risks and explore different artistic avenues. So whether you appreciate the Chris Gaines era or not, it remains an interesting chapter in Garth's career that showcased his versatility and talent as a musician. After reviewing this album, I know I personally appreciate Garth's vision and talent more than ever before. I love that. I love that you're leaving with that feeling. There was a lot of songs on it that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed after going back and researching it. So definitely something that will go on the on the playlist for sure. Yep. Yay. We did it. Mission accomplished. Yes <laughs> could now gloat in all her glory. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our newest Garthologists. Shout outs. Yeah, this week's shout out goes to Floyd Cassista. And if I mess that up, I'm sorry, my friend. But we are very happy that you found the podcast and that you have gotten yourself all caught up on the episodes. We appreciate the so- show suggestions. So if you have any more, keep Deb them coming. Deb did that. <laughs> Deb did it wrong first. She planted that year word. Yep, yep. She got it. But if you have any more show suggestions, <laughs> suggestion, show suggestions. Say that five times fast. Yeah, send them over. We'll be happy to uh, we'll be happy to put them in play. And we appreciate the support. Yes, we do. Thanks, Floyd. Yes, we do, Floyd. Thank you so much for reaching out. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it's been quite a long time since our last review. So if you get the chance, stop by and hit that five-star button if you like what you hear. And also, do a little write-up to encourage others to listen. Be sure and share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your Friends in Low Places become Garthologists too. And speaking of Friends in Low Places, if you have friends on social media, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at GarthologyCast there as well. So if you guys want to head over to our socials, leave us any kind of messages. If you like to uh, retweet or share, just like and or interact with us there. We do greatly appreciate it. We have a lot of fun talking with you guys and we appreciate the support on the socials. Be sure to join us for our next episode of Garthology. Until then, this is Jess. And I'm Pete. And I'm Deb. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Oh, bye. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bloopers.
nope. <laughs> no. that, that's new. <laughs> you can't change the rules. Yeah. I mean, Jess is just like, nah. You know what, Deb? Fuck that. This is Jess. <laughs> yeah, now it'd be like, rewind. Now it'd be like, <laughs> Now we're going. Maybe we can sign it out in reverse. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Yeah. How much will that throw us off? All right, let's do yeah. it. Do it. Oh, no. <laughs> do that. Good news for me is it doesn't change. Right for you, you're still right yeah, in the I'm middle. Still in the middle. Yep. Okay, so what do you want me to say? Uh, you already did, and I'm just <laughs> bring it home and bring finish it. Home, it. And I am not saying anything. Bye, boom. We'll see you next time. I'm just. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Yo, I'm out. Peace out. Okay, Pete, go. I already said I'm Pete. <laughs> oh, you want me to say it again? I got it. Oh, you want me to say it more real? Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, Woosha. And I'm Deb. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I said, just breathe harder. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, there you go, Jess. Keep your face your your <laughs> okay. face hidden, Jess. We won't know you're laughing back there. <laughs> I can't look at her. It makes it worse. Okay. I can't. Okay. Look at <laughs> keep breathing. Okay, here it goes. I'm gonna do it. Ready? All right, here it goes. Okay. One, two. <laughs> nope. Okay. It's nope. gonna. I'm gonna do it. And I'm Deb. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> you guys have to say bye. No, I, I can say bye. Jess isn't going to say bye. She can't stop crying. I don't have nobody to compete with here. I don't have to be like, bye. Jess can't talk. We need to say bye for Jess because she's going to be here a little while. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay, do it. Say bye. <laughs> Oh, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Now, if we could just edit out your laughing, we'd be just fine. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the funniest thing ever. Just five minutes of laughing. Man, that's the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>